Thank you for tuning in to the New Birth Podcast. There's a word of hope for you today, and we are excited for what God is doing here at New Birth. For more information, visit our website, nvplaceofhope.com. Now for the message by our senior pastor, Gabby Mejia. Today we're going to talk about the difference between isolation versus solitude. Isolation versus solitude. And the reason why I want to be emphatic in that this morning is because they both virtually look identical. Isolation and solitude looks alike. And both imply being alone. But that's where the similarities end. Isolation, alone. Solitude, alone. And that's the only thing these two things have alike. Solitude is usually actively sought after and is a personal choice that comes from an inner yearning. Solitude is when you say, I want to get away, but it's a choice that I make because I want to pursue something. Yet isolation usually is actively avoided and it is forced from the outside in. Isolation is from the inside out. I want to get away. That's solitude rather. But isolation is from the outside in. Something happened. Somebody did something. I went through something. Consequence, I'm going to isolate myself. But if you don't know my reality, if you don't know my perspective, and you see me at a glance in my isolation, you, depending on your perspective, you can either say, I am isolated or I am in solitude. Because when you isolate yourself, you cocoon yourself to an environment where it's only you. When you're in solitude, you cocoon yourself in an environment when it's only you. But the only way you can find out if I'm in isolation or if I am in solitude is not what, when I'm in here. It's the manifestation of how I live when I come out of this place. Who I am and what I do will let people know around me if I am A, isolated. Or if I am B, in solitude. So we can't be confused when we see somebody secluded and say, that person is so spiritual or that person is so evil because we don't know the reality of both. But here's how you know who's isolated and here's how you know who's in solitude by how they react in and out of that place. Now let me talk about isolation for a minute. What are the reasons why people isolate themselves. One of the reasons why people isolate themselves is because of depression. Depression tends to cause people to isolate themselves. When a person is depressed, not only do they physically cocoon themselves in their house, cocoon themselves in their environment, but they actually turn themselves on for social media. They disconnect from the world because depression causes people to be isolated. There's a guy in the Bible who experienced isolation. His name was Peter. He walked with Jesus. 
He did miracles. He did wonders. But on one occasion, he denied the Lord not one time, not two times, but three times. And when he realized his denial, the Bible says that he wept bitterly and he ran away and he isolated himself from his disciples. What happened three days later when Jesus raises from the dead, he gave instructions and he said, go get the disciples and Peter. Because Jesus realized that Peter's sin caused him to live in isolation. But let me submit to you, my friend, today that God knows the things that has you isolated. He knows the things that you have done, the things that has happened to you, that has called you to live in isolation. But this resurrected Savior, even though he's in all glory and all power, just like he did Peter after he rose from the dead, he was thinking about a man who was isolated. And I'm here to tell you today, friend, Jesus has his eye on you and he is calling you today like he's called Peter and he said, go get Peter because I did not create him to live in isolation I've created him to change the world to the glory of God depression can cause you to be isolated another reality is anxiety fears living life worried always concerned about what's going to happen those things are reasons for people to live secluded so you know where you are, whether it's isolation or solitude. You know where you are based on your outcome. You know where you are based on how you live. You know where you are based on how you conduct it. You don't need a prophet to tell you you're isolated. You don't need a prophet to tell you you know yourself just by the way you go about life. Your outcome will let you know if I am isolated or if I am in solitary with God. Now, here's the deal about being isolated. Isolated is such a better place for pride. A person who is prideful would rather spend the rest of their lives in isolation, even though they're depressed, even though they're in anxiety, even though they're not growing, even though they're stuck. But their pride is, I want everybody to know I'm okay. So nobody needs to know my business. I'm going to live in my little world. I'm going to live in my cocoon because pride says you can't crack. Pride says, don't let nobody know you're cracking. Pride says, don't let nobody know you're broken on the inside. Pride says, don't let nobody know you're breaking. Pride says, don't let nobody know you're hurt. Pride says, don't let nobody know you're in pain. But I'm here to tell you today, God did not create you to live in the world of pride, isolated from everybody. He's called you to experience the fullness of the power that God has for you. So where are you today? Are you living in the closet of pride, in the closet of isolation, or are you living in the closet of humility, in the closet of solitude? There's a guy in the Bible who isolated himself. This guy's name is Moses. Moses isolated himself because something happened in his life and he didn't know how to react so his immediate instinct was, I'm going to run away and I'm going to isolate myself. 
Exodus chapter 2, verses 11 through 15. Listen to what it says and look at the screens. It says, one day, Moses, after Moses had become an adult, he went out among his people and he saw their forced labor. Bear in mind, at this point, Moses was working for the Pharaoh in Egypt. While he's working for the Pharaoh in Egypt, his people, the Hebrews, were slaves. But the Bible says that Moses became an adult. What he means by that is he physically grew, grew, but his mindset grew as well. And when he grows, he saw that his people were being forced to work. He saw an Egyptian beating a Hebrew, one of his own people. He looked around to make sure no one else was there. Then he killed the Egyptian and hid him in the sand. When Moses went out the next day, he saw two Hebrew men fighting with each other. Moses said to the one who had started the fight, why are you abusing your fellow Hebrew? He replied, who made you a boss or judge over us? Are you planning to kill me like you killed the Egyptian? Uh-oh, he got caught. Then Moses was afraid when he realized they obviously know what I did. When Pharaoh heard about it, he tried to kill Moses, but Moses ran away from Pharaoh and settled down in the land of Midian. One day, he was sitting by the well. The point to this story is that sin will always cause you to flee. But sin will push you to live an isolated life life that's the problem of being isolated because isolation fosters sin and sin encourages isolation I don't, if you're honest with yourself most of the sins you commit you commit in isolation think about your sin think about the things you know that you're not supposed to do remember you was a kid and mommy said no I got eso and you would wait for everybody to leave. And that's the first thing you did. Because there's something about sin and isolation that it goes hand in hand. There's something about doing the wrong thing. Hiding and sneaking. Because, because evil likes to operate in darkness. Evil likes to work when it's the darkest moments of his life. And that's what I'm here to tell you church. Sin will cause you to flee. Because once sin is exposed... Then it's got to be confronted. When Moses committed murder, committed a sin, he decided, I got to run. But here's the challenge. When you flee because of sin, you leave some things behind. Moses' sin caused him to leave his mother. His mother was in Egypt as a slave. Moses began to run away into isolation and he abandoned his mother. For 40 years and he decides to live in Midian having a mother listen when you live in isolation your isolation affects your family when you live in isolation you think that isolation only affects you it affects your family environment and let me submit to you some of us are in our homes every single day but we're not there spiritually we're not there emotionally we're not there physically we're not there relationally and you're there, but you're not there. 
You're there, but you're isolated. You're there, and your kids don't know the love of a father, the love of a mother. You are isolated. Moses decided to abandon his family because he didn't want to confront his sin. Isolated. Not only does it affect your family, but isolation affects your position. David, Moses rather, was the second in charge. He was supposed to be the next pharaoh. But when you isolate yourself, you are forfeiting God's purpose and your position in the kingdom. When you isolate yourself, you're not hurting the people around you. You are hurting the potential that God has for you. And Moses left his position. He left his family. And lastly, he left his environment. Everybody revered and honored Moses. He left his reputation. Because when you isolate yourself, you lose in the process. And sin will cause you to live a life of fear. Sin will instill fear in you. Isolation will cause you to live in fear. And fear will cause you to run away. Let me tell you this, church. Sin has a way of keeping you isolated. And that's what the devil wants. He wants to keep you in isolation. He wants to keep you by yourself. A guy, when he would walk in Egypt, when Moses would walk in Egypt, he wasn't walking. He was walking on a chariot. He was, walk, he, he was riding uh, royal horses. When he would enter to the city gates of Egypt, everybody would bow down before him for he was the prince. But isolation caused him to lose and leave everything, being surrounded by royalty. And the Bible says that he ended up in a, in a well in Midian. From being around prestige, fear and isolation causes him to now be in a well by himself. Now, who used to go to the wells? Men wouldn't go to wells. Women would go to wells. Shepherds who had animals would go to the well. People that were sojourning on, 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 on three-day travels with camels and donkeys and animals. Those were the ones. But royal people had no business being at the well. When you isolate yourself, you degrade your purpose in God. When you isolate yourself, you begin to lower the standard of what God has for you. When you isolate yourself, you begin to live in a world that God did not create you to live. But you'd rather be alone in fear, alone in sin. But the Lord is telling you today, change your perspective of your location. Sin has a way of keeping you isolated. He was at a well by himself. And for 40 years, he was isolated. For 40 years, Moses was living in his little box. Moses was living by himself. Moses was living in his little world. Moses was living with his fears, with his anxiety, with his frustration, with his depression, with his, with his oh my God, if they find out. No, he was incognito for 40 years. But you know what I like about the God I serve? God is not intimidated by your isolation. 
Listen, your isolation does not intimidate God. Your isolation does not put fear. And I'm so thankful that God is not intimidated by my past. I'm so thankful that God is not afraid of the mess I've done. God is not limited to my isolation. God is not in the business of me being in a cursed place another day of my life. He doesn't want to see me condemning myself another day. So while Moses was hiding, condemning himself, afflicting himself, you know what God does to Moses? God is saying, I ain't called Moses to be isolated. I didn't call Moses to be stuck by himself. Here's what I'm going to do. The Bible says, the Bible says, check this out. Exodus chapter 3 verses 1 through 6. Look at this, it's 40 years later. Now Moses was tending the flock of Jethro because he got married out there. His father-in-law the priest of Midian and he led the flock to a far side of the wilderness and became and came to Horeb he led a flock means he was now a shepherd from being a prince he is now a shepherd in the times of the Bible if you were a shepherd you had no respect you had no reputation like if like if something were to happen right if a crime were to go down and a shepherd saw the whole thing and they had to go to court, the judge wouldn't really consider a, a shepherd's testimony as credible because shepherds were liars. Shepherds had no good report. Shepherds would, would take sheep from other flocks and say it was theirs. So shepherds had no good reputation. So from being a prince of Egypt, isolation causes them to be a shepherd. Check this out. In the wilderness, he became, he came to Horeb, to the mountain of God. Look what happens. Then there the Lord, the angel of the Lord appeared to him in flames of fire. And the King James Version says, a burning bush. And Moses saw that though the bush was on fire, it did not burn up. So Moses thought, I will go over and see this strange sight. Why the bush doesn't burn. Moses, Moses is here. Moses is here in his place of isolation. He is here with a title God didn't give him. He is here 40 years stuck in a murder that he did 40 years ago. But God is not intimidated by Moses' isolation. You know what God does? God orchestrates a burning bush that while he's in his moment of isolation, from isolation he can see something burning and it's not consuming. God is saying, I'm going to create something outside of your isolation that's going to cause you to want to see how is it that this is burning but it's not being consumed how is it that this is a burning but it's not being destroyed and God creates an environment to cause him to not focus on isolation and what does Moses do when he sees that the burning bush is burning but is not being consumed hallelujah I'm here to tell you church there is a burning bush bush waiting for you there is a burning bush with your name on it but as long as you're looking at your isolation as long as you're looking at your problem you need to make an about face and look at the bush that God has provided and look at the way that God has made no longer in isolation walk towards the fire listen to me church this is why God sometimes will ignite situations in your life 
to get you out of your isolation. This is why God sometimes causes fires to stir up in your life in order to cause you to leave from the place you are in. And the moment, listen, the moment Moses sees the burning bush, his location did not change. His perspective changed. He was still isolated. But when you see the fire in the middle of your isolation, vision changes your perspective from isolation to solitude. And now Moses is no longer isolated with himself. Because now his eyes are seeing what God has in store. And look what the Bible says. Verse 4, when the Lord saw that he had gone over to look, God called him from within the bush. And he says, Moses, Moses. Whenever you see somebody's name mentioned twice in the Bible, it's because God's going to make a promise. Moses, Moses, here I am, Moses said. And God tells Moses, don't come any closer, Papa. That Papa's not there. He says, don't come any closer. You, you've gotten out of your place of isolation, but don't come any closer. Here's why. Take off the sandals for the place where you are standing is a holy ground. Why did God tell Moses to take off his shoes? Because the only thing Moses had that reminded him of Egypt was the shoes of an Egyptian. The shoes represented who he used to be, how he used to live, the places he used to go to, where he used to walk when nobody was watching, what he used to do when nobody was watching. And God is saying, where I'm going to take you, you can't take your past. You can't come and drag yesterday. You can't come and bring the pain of yesterday. I am doing a new thing in your life. And as long as you're walking in the path of yesterday, you will never see the promise of tomorrow. He says, don't come any closer until you're willing to take off your shoes. Don't come any closer until you're willing to change the track of your life. Don't come any closer unless you're willing to take a new step which will be ordered by me, says the Lord. Take off your sandals. For the place that you're standing is holy. And look what says, verse 6 says, then he said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. At this, Moses hid his face because he was afraid to look at God. So what did God do here? God shifted Moses from isolation to solitude. And his wife who was not in that environment, whenever she saw him up there, oh, he's isolated again. No, mama, this time he's experienced solitude. Because you are the one that will determine where you are based on your perspective. Now, why did Moses isolate himself? Moses isolated himself because of sin. And consequently, he ended up in solitude with God. Moses go up in solitude with God. The moment he takes off his shoes, he shifts from isolation to solitude. Not another day from that moment. That Moses live in isolation. Most of his journey, he was alone in the mountain, but he was never isolated. Because once you find God, and once you take off those shoes, and once you obey the Lord, your perspective of your reality will be altered by the God who encountered you in the process. 
Now, what is the result of shifting from isolation to solitude? Let's look at Moses' life. Look what the Bible says. Moses 33, verse 7 through 11. Here's the result. Now Moses used to take a tent and pitch it outside the camp some distance away. There goes solitude. It looks like he's isolated. No, no. He's going in solitude with God. Calling it the tent of meeting. He isolated himself to meet with God. Correction. He was in solitude to meet with God. Because solitude will always connect you to your creator. He went, in, he went in solitude. He got away in a distance away. Calling it the tent meeting. Check this out. Anyone inquiring of the Lord would go to the tent of meeting outside the camp. And whenever Moses went out to the tent, whenever Moses went to solitude, all the people rose and stood at the entrance of their tents watching Moses until he entered the tent. Look at the, look at the impact. Whenever Moses would go in solitude to the tent of meeting, the tent of meeting was in the middle of the 12 tribes of Israel. So you had three tribes on the west side of the tabernacle of the tent facing the tent you had three tribes three tribes is three groups of families you had three tribes facing the east side in direction of the of the men of the tent of meeting you had three tribes in the south and three tribes in the north all of the tribes were always opening their they didn't have houses back then they so they used to live in tents because the Holy Spirit would move and the cloud would move. And whenever the cloud would move, they had to pitch out their tent and carry their tent. And wherever the Holy Spirit would park, they'll park right there and they pitch. So every morning in the morning, everybody would open the tent of their, of their living quarters. And if the cloud was there, they knew Moses was in solitude with God. What am I trying to tell you? The moment you live a life of solitude, it will not only impact you, but it will impact your generation. It will impact your family. You You'd be surprised how you being in solitude with God will change the curse the course of your family you'd be surprised how your children will fall in love with God when they see you in solitude with God you'd be surprised how your family will love God when you get along with God as Moses went to the ten, verse 9 the pillar of cloud came down and stay at the entrance while the Lord spoke to Moses Verse 10, whenever the people saw the pillar of cloud standing at the entrance of the tent, they all stood and worshipped, each at their entrance to their tent. The Lord, check this out, the Lord would speak to Moses face to face as one speaks to a friend. So what happened? When Moses went in solitude, here's what happened. Several things happened. Number one. The presence of God showed up. Because when you take time to be with God, God will show up. Second thing that happened. A spirit of worship spurred within the people. Because every time the people saw the cloud over the tent, they were like, Moses is in solitude with God. And that reality caused a place, an environment of worship in all of the 12 tribes. What was the effect? It spurred a spirit of worship. In his family. What was the third effect? Being in solitude with God makes you a friend of God. 
The Bible says that God, that Moses saw God and God spoke to Moses face to face. Now God don't got a face because he's a spirit. So what is he saying? He's saying that there's a, there's a sense of brotherhood. There were one. It's like, it's like me and my wife, we're, we're one. Sometimes somebody tells me something about my wife or, some, or somebody tells my wife something about me. And my wife knows if I said that or not because she knows me. So you could say something about my wife and I'm like, nah, that's not Petri. Sorry, no, you just made that up. That was a lie. Get out of here. I'm blocking you out. Bye-bye. Because I know her. When you know somebody face to face, that means you know their heart, you know their mind, you know their desire. So God, whenever you go in solitude with God, you start knowing God. You start falling in love with God. You start thinking like God. You start acting like God to the point that God says, I can't hide nothing from him because he loves me so much. And this is why the devil wants to keep you in isolation because in isolation, he's in control. He's in dominion. But when you go in solitude with God, your perspective changes and God becomes your friend and God speaks you and you might be in a mess but the difference now is the Lord Jehovah Jireh your provider is with you here's what happens the presence of God shows up number two the spirit of worship spurred in the people number three you become a friend of God number four number four here's what happens you're in solitude with God based on Moses's life you receive instructions from God See, many of us, we just want to be in the presence of God to feel God. Ooh, I felt that. Oh, God. My hairs got up. Even my sobaco hairs got up. I'll talk about under armpit was speaking in tongues. Listen. Every time God showed up in the Bible was to give instructions. Revelation says, John said, chapter 1, and when I saw him, I felt dead as his feet. When John saw Jesus... He felt what he felt was so powerful that he felt like dying. But here's what happened. After he felt what he felt, Jesus said, I am the Alpha. I am the Omega. The beginning and the end. He who was and is and is to come. And by the way, after you feel all this, write to the seven churches. Because whenever you are in solitude with God, it always comes with instructions. The problem with us is we don't want God to tell us what to do. We want to feel him, but we don't want to do what he tells us to do. We want to come to church. Ooh. But we don't want to do what he tells us to do. Moses saw the burning bush. Oh, wow. He felt the heat. He felt the flames. He, he experienced the heat, but it wasn't enough to see and feel the heat. God says, Papa, take off your shoes. Instructions. What would happen if we start following God's instructions? This is why many people don't want to be in solitude with God. Because we don't want to do what God tells us to do. This is why many of us don't rather stay isolated so we could do what we want to do. But Paul says, I no longer live for Christ lives in me. And the life that I now live, I live to the glory of the Father. So now that Christ is in me, he's got to guide me. He's got to lead me. He's got to show me the way. Because when you're in solitude with God, you receive instructions. And what did God tell Moses? What did God tell Moses? Moses, are you ready to have church, Papa? It's going to be, we're going to have church. No. God tells Moses. Let me tell you what God tells Moses. Let me show you the scripture. Ah, I'll just tell you. 
Exodus 34, verses 1 through 7. Check this out. You know what God tells Moses? He tells Moses, I want you to go, isn't it me, and chisel the stones. Let me explain what that means. I want you to go and chisel out two stones, two tablets. Here's why. Because remember back then when God gave Moses the Ten Commandments? God gave him two tablets. God himself wrote the Ten Commandments. The finger of the Lord wrote it and God made tablets come out out of a powerful experience that Moses had and God gave it to Moses. Moses, one point, he got upset at the people and he takes the two stones and he throws it on the floor and it breaks. And God says, here's what I'm going to do because you're in solitude with me. I'm going to show you my presence. I'm going to give you instructions and here's what you need to do. You need to restore what you broke. I got the power to do it again, but I'm going to let you got to do it. Because when you're in solitude with God, there's some things that have to be restored. When you're in solitude with God, there's some things that God can do, but there are things that you got to do. He says, you're going to chisel out the tablets this time. Because the first time I did it and you broke it. The first time I healed you and you messed up. The first time I saved you and you went away. But now I'm going to bring you back. But now you're going to take control and you're going to turn your environment around. And he says, you got to do it. It takes humility to say, Lord, I'll do it again. It takes humility to say, Lord, I'll chisel out the stones again. Here's the last thing that happens when you're in solitude with God. Being in solitude with God, look what happens. Change or transformation happens externally when you are in solitude with God. Let me read the scripture. Gen Exodus 34. I'm almost done. Verse 29 through 35. Because when you are in solitude with God, your external view has to change. It says, when Moses came down from Mount Sinai with the two tablets of the covenant law, which God told him to do, he did it again, in his hands. He was not aware that his face was radiant because he had spoken with the Lord. When Aaron and all of the Israelites saw Moses, his face was radiant. And they were afraid to come near him. The word afraid there is not scared or fearful of isolation. The word afraid is reverence. They revered what they saw in, in Moses that it was almost like an act of worship. They were afraid to come near him. But Moses called to them. So Aaron and all of the leaders of the community came back to him and he spoke to them. Verse 32. Afterward, all the Israelites came near him and he gave them all the commands of the Lord. The Lord had given them in Mount Sinai. When Moses finished speaking to them, look what he does. He puts a veil over his face. Put the veil over his face. But whenever he entered the Lord's presence to speak with him, he removed the veil until he came out. And when he came out and told the Israelites what had been commanded, they saw that his face was radiant. Then Moses would put back the veil over his face until he went to speak with the Lord. Because when you are in a place of solitude with God, your external life has got to change. I know you're in solitude with God. Check your attitude. Don't tell me you have 
solitude with God and your, at, your attitude represents the devil. Don't tell me you're in solitude with God and you can't forgive. And you're envious. And you cannot control your tongue. The, the people, listen. The people knew that Moses was with God because they saw it on the outside. Oh, but God looks at the heart. Yeah, but from the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So God is challenging us this morning, this afternoon, for us to no longer live the lie that says, well, this is who I am, like me or hate me, but this is no, God didn't make you that way. If you're in solitude with God, where be, Romans says, do not be conformed to the system of this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. Moses, being in solitude with God, changed the people around him. When you are in solitude with God, your family changes. Your workplace changes. Wherever you go, you are radiating the image of the grace of God. Or, the, or, 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 or you can only be a Christian on Sundays and be the devil's cousin Monday through Friday. You're only a Christian. You're only... Bless the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. And Monday, you're cussing. And you backstabbing. And you and you do whatever. No, 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 no. Moses was with God. And when Moses came out, God was with Moses. We're talking about solitude. Look at what happens. He led a whole nation. To the presence of God. A people that for 450 years did not experience the hand of God because one man went in solitude with God. The pillar of God came. A fire and a pillar of cloud came. Water came out of a rock. God sent bread for heaven and fed six million people in the wilderness for 40 years because one man was in solitude with God. So is it worth being in solitude with God? Yes. It benefits you, but it benefits your family. I remember the projects. So living in the projects in the Bronx. I used to share a room with, my, with I think it was four of my brothers. Eleven brothers and sisters. So my room was the biggest, so we had four rooms, four, be four beds in my room bunk beds. Y'all know about that. Please put your phone on mute. Thank you. We have four beds. And we all shared one closet. Now, aside from seeing that image, I want you to smell the image. In that closet, we had a hamper. And in that hamper, we had dirty socks of four brothers. Do you smell it? Do you smell it? Including mine. We had dirty shoes. Dirty clothes. It was a big closet. It was, it, it was almost like an apartment. Had four racks of clothes. It's crazy. But when I got saved in, on August 16, 1989, that closet was no longer a closet to me. That closet became my place of solitude with God. And I would go in that closet and go all the way to the back 
and yeah, y'all know about this, your, your, your millennials. Uh, we, we had this thing called a cassette tape. Cassette tape, yeah, yeah. Google it, you're gonna see it. Cassette tape. And then we had this thing called, uh, come on, come on, uh, boomers. We had this thing called a Walkman. Remember the Walkman? I got an iPad. We had a Walkman. It was a yellow one. Remember the, the yellow one, waterproof one? That, okay. I had the yellow waterproof. My sister had and and, his, and, and, and and I would take my little Walkman, my cassette tape player, and I would go in that closet. And I would go in there in between the stinky shoes and the dirty clothes and the clothes hanging. And that was, and that was one of the most darkest closets in the house. And I would spend hours there seeking God, seeking God. And it came to a point that the smell didn't even bother me no more because I was so too in tune with God that, that God's presence overcame the stench of the closet. And when I would come out that closet and walk by my brothers, they smelled the stunk, but I was walking in glory. It was crazy. It was my place to meet God. It was my place to find God. A house with 11 brothers and sisters and two parents. The only place that I had to be in solitude was that closet. Let me tell you, in that closet, God spoke to me. In that closet, God confirmed my ministry. In that closet, I felt the Holy Spirit. In that closet, God gave me direction. In that closet, God gave me instructions. What would happen if you find your closet space? What would happen if we go in solitude with God? Our lives will be different. So why is solitude important as I close? Because it allows you to hear God's voice. It allows you to hear the voice of the Lord, number two. It becomes a place to express uninterrupted worship to your God. The kind of worship that doesn't always require words or sound or music. It's that worship that comes from within your soul. Number three, it restores you both physically and spiritually. Number five, it helps you to regain spiritual perspective of the crisis you're going through. Because solitude always allows you to seek the will of God. We hope this message has inspired you. As a place of hope, our church is committed to reach our community. If you'd like more information about New Birth, visit our website at nbplaceofhope.com.